not about having a debate with other people or ourselves for that matter, right? This is about saying, okay, how can I scale back some of these really unsustainable things and um, pick better um, products for myself, pick better products for my health, um, pick better products for the environment and for the animals, and do it bit by bit and make progress. And, you know, by within, you know, three to six months, like, your body has adapted and you're feeling healthier and you're eating better and you're eating different and that is what we're encouraging here. You're listening to Conversations on a Sustainable Life with Libby O'Loughlin and Renee LaPlante. Good morning, Libby. Good morning, Renee. I'm particularly excited about our episode today because we are going to focus on food. Yes. And I love food. We love food. Everybody has to eat food, whether they love it or not. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And during, during this time with lockdown, yeah. we seem to be doing a lot of it, don't we? A lot of cooking and oh my um, goodness. usually a lot more people around. For sure, for sure. I was joking with a friend, you know, that where I'm just doing cooking so often, it just seems like cooking has become my second job uh and you know obviously there are three and third and fourth jobs in there too but yeah it's a big um topic and a big responsibility right now for all of us isn't it yeah well when it comes to sustainability and food i just thought it would be cool to have a bit of a high level thought on that uh, before we dig in and get really practical um Mm. And just kind of understand the role of food and sustainability. So I came to this um, very uninformed and, um, you know, again, trying to answer that question, why are we still not sustainable as a world and, you know, what's holding us back from that and how can we just get better and move forward? Um, I discovered this excellent source of knowledge and research called drawdown.org. And mm-hmm. it's um, a fairly widely known thing now. And uh, back when I discovered it, you know, over a year ago, um, they had a basically you would go on their homepage and you would see a list. The top 10 solutions to climate change are da, 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 and um, food waste uh, and kind of using our food um, re- responsibly was in the top five. And I was absolutely Mm. fascinated by this. And so I got to know a little bit more about what that meant and um, discovered there's a lot in the topic of food that generates um, waste. So generates pollution, generates um, CO2, and it's all along the supply chain. So, you know, without going into, you know, massive... um, complexity, I think, you know, all of our systems around food have lots of room for improvement. And um, another thing that uh, I learned is that we waste something like one third of the world's food that's produced. So, uh, you know, I was just like, wow, what, you know, where's that waste coming from? And um, it turns out the consumer is responsible for a lot of that. So later, um, I'd love to kind of talk about food waste, but I think let's talk about food and where, um, you know, sustainability can be possible within the topic of food. I mean, for one, 
eating more plants is um, it just it's it requires less resources to to grow them right so you know animals take a lot of resources um, grains take a lot actually potatoes are surprisingly resource intensive um, and and generate uh, plenty of co2 um, so this is coming from you know kind of the selection of the food that we pick um, and it's also a thing about synthetic fertilizers and pesticides where in conventional farming we use a lot of products that either create CO2 or create um, the consequences that cause CO2, or um, for that matter, um, just pollute the water that is then, um, you know, kind of meant to be used in the whole ecosystem, right? And it depletes. What these things do is they deplete and they deplete the soil and they actually grow food that is not particularly nutritious also and they mm. might look beautiful um, but do they have the nutrition that our bodies need not always so this is where um, getting to know food and getting to understand agricultural practices became really interesting to me um, mm. so that I knew that I was picking food that actually would be nutritious um, for my body whether it was meat or, or veg or grains or what have you it, 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 just knowing how it had been grown and, and um, created mattered. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of going on in there. Um, and hmm. Libby, you have a, I mean, an actual certification in plant-based nutrition. Um, I'm a super novice and probably some of our listeners are, you know, kind of moderately informed as well. We, I was just wondering if maybe you could kind of help us through this and uh, maybe unpack a little bit like all these topics you know through the eyes of like how you came to this and what you've mm. learned and, and educate us a bit today yeah well first of all it's important to know that um i have a certificate yeah um which is by no means a full certification yeah the point being that we can all do this yeah uh, i was in this class with um Actually, there were a bunch of doctors and health workers and um, nutritionists mm-hmm. uh, looking to s- learn more about how plants fit into the, the picture. And I was interested that there were actually a bunch of other, you know, everyday Joes like myself and Jolene's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the point being, again, that this is something that I just got interested in partly through the, you know, the allergies and the Mm -hmm. challenges that we were having in our own household. But it's not something that I felt particularly daunted by. Nice. Um, And I thought, yeah, you know, actually, there's a point where I need to just learn about this stuff if I'm going to be taking responsibility for myself and Mm -hmm. my family and everything else. So um, my particular way into it was... um, Again, I, I refer to this idea of the the areas in our lives being sort of like concentric circles. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I started with it started with the internal and the personal. And I think everyone has a different life context. They're a different body, a different experience. Mm-hmm. And so everyone's individual nutritional needs will be different. But most people would probably not argue with the fact that we can all benefit from eating more plants. And 
According to the World Health Organization, we should be consuming 25 to 29 grams of fiber a day, and yet the average consumption in the USA, for example, is about half of that. Um, hmm. And fiber is only present in whole plant foods. Um, mm -hmm. So from looking at it around myself, the personal challenges that I had, I wanted to find practical solutions for feeding my family. And um, I was lucky to have time to be able to d dive into this. And one thing that I observed is that when it comes to being sustainable personally, it does pay if you have if you can make some time to actually start to research this stuff and not not in a sense of you know you have to read great big tomes and long um long papers and so on but just every little step and every little thing that we do to support ourselves along the way really helps and mm -hmm. um even if you you're not experiencing the symptoms of chronic disease yourself there is still a case mm -hmm. for nurturing our guts and our bodies with whole plant foods and providing a healthy environment so that the that diseases are less likely to take hold and flourish and um i say that nice. because the the chronic diseases of affluence as they're called which are like heart disease and mm -hmm. type 2 diabetes those those are just rampant mm -hmm. in in our um western world and and with the what they call yep. the the SAD, which is like the SAD diet, which is the standard American diet. Um, oh. And how eating it, there's, there's a ton of data now to show that eating whole foods and plant based foods can have such a huge impact, um, which can, and, and it can arrest and sometimes um, reverse these diseases. Not all diseases, of course, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just so fascinating to see the impact of how we've we've kind of lost sight of of what good eating is yeah yeah I exactly mean, okay i think in in this particular moment where we're dealing with a pandemic the jury is out on whether our diets have any effect on that at all they're, they're the data's just not there yet so we can't make any claims that becoming plant-based will save you from pandemics and what have you of course that's ridiculous um, but we do have a lot of other data that points towards the benefits of eating whole food plant-based mm -hmm. and it's a really powerful thing when you can make that decision yourself especially when you're armed with with some some learnings and some good tips and recipes that you can take a step every day and so Look, that mm -hmm. was a little bit of a ramble there, but to say that that's sort of where it started for me. But then as I looked further, you know, around me, I realized that, um, you know, with, with, with being in these states of disease, we, we have an opportunity to, I mean, I guess we've all felt the impact of when someone's in a good mood and they walk into a room, you can feel that. And it's the same as if, mm -hmm. if you if you're in a someone's in a filthy mood and they walk into a room, we can all feel that, and we are all interconnected. And so, mm -hmm. um, even when we make small health promoting changes to our own life, we actually do mm -hmm. have an impact on people around us. And it's not just the mm -hmm. five people we spend the most time with, because social network studies have 
actually shown that we're far more connected than we imagine. So, mm. yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So one other aspect of this is, of course, the effect of our overall health and food systems on the health systems of our countries and the colossal amount of money that is mm-hmm. funneled into um dealing with chronic diseases and for example in switzerland as in the u.s uh, heart disease is the number one killer wouldn't it be great if we could all um do something about that mm-hmm. and we can so that's another aspect mm. and then when we look further out into the environmental and the planet um it yeah i think you've kind of covered a lot of that and um that our planet is in an alarmingly rapid state of change. Um, you know, mass mm-hmm. species extinction, rising sea levels, a lot of chemical runoff yeah. into the oceans from um, animal farming practices, and mm-hmm. that affects sea life. And, you know, we've, we're nearly 8 billion of us on the planet now. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think just from a sustainability perspective, m- meat production and fishing at such scale are just not sustainable even on that level um yes so yeah food security is likely to be an issue for some populations i guess and um animals can be a solution there out of necessity i guess um and Mm -hmm. yeah but it but growing animals requires a huge amount of natural resources like water and feedstocks and um Cattle yeah, alone, land. cattle yeah. are responsible for 24% mm-hmm. of global greenhouse gas emissions. And exactly. Uh, so, yeah, mindful and smart consumption is m- more critical now than ever. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's... And better for us, too, and better for our health. And I think that's where, you know, the personal incentive comes in mm-hmm. is, you know, it, it actually is better for us to start with more plants it's healthier for us to prioritize our nutrition and the nutrition of the food that we're you know eating Mm. so um you know we just really i just really encourage people to investigate that and um not just assume that you are you know just because it's on a grocery shelf doesn't mean that it's nutritious. It doesn't mean that it, someone has done that thinking for you. Mm. And, you know, they're trying to sell a product. Mm. And, you know, having been a marketer and, and a branding person my entire career, I just have, I feel like I have a personal responsibility to ensure that people know that, you know, you have to have your self-interest, your best self-interest in mind, because others, mm. although the you know, they might say so, or they might think they are, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are giving you what you need and what is the best um, option for you. So yeah, so just to kind of, you know, go into that with like a healthy sense of skepticism mm-hmm. and uh, explore and educate yourself. And especially, especially for those things that you're buying very frequently. Mm-hmm. Right. Those things you're eating really frequently start there because those are the things your body is taking in over and over and over and like check that first and then Mm. they kind of go down the line. Yeah, I think that and that's a good point is, you know, the checking in with your body thing, because I I know that it it's it can be to go cold turkey and just say, right, I'm going to be a vegan. I'm going to do this that and the other. 
most of our gut microbiomes aren't 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 used to the amount of fiber and the um and the amount yeah like it's like i'm not an expert here but i do know that there there are a number of books that that are are coming out now and um i'll put a link to i think it's dr will i don't know how you say his last name it's bolshevik or something like that but it's a it's Mm -hmm. he's called dr b basically because nobody can pronounce his last name (laughs) he has a a book that's just come out (laughs) called fiber fueled which i'm reading at the moment and it's 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 really Uh it's just so interesting that we can change the the microbiome by the according to mm-hmm. the foods that we eat or don't eat you know the the ones that get mm-hmm. that get fueled are the ones that grow and proliferate and um yeah it's just really nice. really interesting to note that we we if if you try to just go all out and just go right bam i'm just going to eat a million you know tons of fiber you you might not be able to actually actually do that with (laughs) without some major discomfort and so i'm not yeah can i can i give a story about that actually because i have a personal anecdote so um last year my husband one day decided he was going to be vegan and okay it was after like a lot of talking and we had watched a documentary and you know he was already he's already really food conscious like he barely eats fried food and he thinks it's gross when I want french fries and you know like we've had this dynamic between us for years but he was like yeah I've I'm ready. I'm going to go vegan. And, you know, it was a progression, like he had been cutting down and stuff. So, you know, his biome seemed to be ready. Um, But I wasn't ready. And I was kind of shocked because I did most of the grocery shopping and the uh, work to prepare meals. Um, And so, you know, immediately it was my chance to say, hey, honey, so what are you going to start to cook? (laughs) You know, and just to get him a little more engaged on that topic. Um, He was, he's already, you know, superstar on that but um I you know just had this chance to really explore um you know what does that mean and what are those foods and I had to start cooking them for my whole family Mm -hmm. and for myself and I was eating Mm -hmm. them more and you know trying to figure all of that out so you know it it does it, it was a long process you know so he he kind of gave me the signal and I said, okay, well, this is, we're going to start doing this, but I didn't switch immediately. Mm. Um, and I'm not vegan today, um, but I do largely eat vegan. Yep. And uh, then I have my things that I love too, mm-hmm. that I don't really want to give mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And, and it, that's, you know, apart, aside from the, the, the physical side of it and the adjusting that we, that needs to take place, I, you know, some people can just go cold Turkey. Sure. But um, for a lot of us, yeah. that's, that's a real challenge. And um, yeah, the yeah the other side of it, of course, is the, the psychological sort of readiness and um, you know the resilience mm-hmm. to and the, the tools for change as well, which we you know we can dive into. Maybe you know tools for change might be a good episode in oh, itself yes. um, because oh, it's yes. it's so complicated, and especially when it comes to food. You know, we we have all these major major attachments that come from childhood and you know the the Ooh, tradition oh gosh, it's, it's cultural it's social yeah. it's it's emotional it's it's so many levels yeah and um yeah just to to become aware of that as well you know and to not sort of beat yourself up about you know any setbacks that you might have or whatever then mm-hmm. um yeah and and as i said everyone is so different and they come from such different 
um, contexts and have different childhoods mm -hmm. and different, you know, different everything. So it has to be, you have to do it your way is what I'm saying. And mm -hmm. um, every little bit helps. I'm not saying you need to be a, you know, card carrying vegan. I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying come in with a great intent and enjoy it. Enjoy the, the, the opportunities and the abundance of different kinds of foods. And, and that's one of the things that I especially became aware of after doing the course that, geez, you know, I actually haven't tried a lot of these foods, even though I'm aware of them. I walk past them in the supermarket all day. Um, now I spend, you know, 90% of my supermarket time or going to mm -hmm. the farm in the fruit and veg department excuse me the fruit and veg department um sweet yeah which is which is good because yeah yeah that's that's where we need we need to be i think moving forwards um yeah yeah cool i love it so you mentioned the like a sustainable plate or did i hear that right there's you know, kind of these um, combinations or perhaps like, you know, are you going to, you know, when you do this at first, so when I started trying out vegan food, I was really hungry all the time. Yeah. Because you know? yeah. I don't think I had the balance right. Um, I think when you do, when you start eating like whole food, plant-based food. Yeah. You, mm -hmm. you do, you do. As I say, you just have to eat a shit ton more, you know. I I really noticed that as well. And um, same with, you know, my family as well. I noticed that I, I do sometimes go into these, ah, what am I going to just cook? I've got a like a really fast growing teenage boy who's not as, uh -huh. as adventurous with, um, with food as the rest of us. And... Uh -huh. uh, He's he sometimes walks around with it like a bear with a sore head, and that's where I kind of go, okay, look, I, I just have to, I just have to churn out some food, and so I'll make a banana cake, and I'll do yeah. it, and I'll say, okay, well, I'll just remove the egg, and switch up the uh -huh. switch out the milk for the, um, you know, rice milk, milk or, something. or something, and I think yeah. you know, mm -hmm. that that tends to work. Um, it's not. True. Great. It's not. It's not perfect all the time. And if he's really hungry, he's just gonna go and eat what he wants to eat. And good on him. Um, there was a lot of resistance yeah. at the beginning to the fact that I was doing this so-called experimental food. He was not happy about it. Um, Ooh. And that's another story, of course. But uh, you just, yeah, yeah, I just sort of every. I didn't try to get too overwhelmed by the big picture. I just kind of thought, okay, this is today's challenge. I'll try and do a banana cake and I'll just remove the yeah the dairy and the you know the egg and whatever. And yeah. But can I just throw in I mean today it is so genius because all you have to do is you put your ingredients so you put you know vegan banana cake into Google and yeah. literally you get 100 recipes and I that's how I cook these days. Yeah. I mean okay not every recipe has five stars and you know sometimes it mm -hmm, does taste mm -hmm. a little weird or whatever and I was like oh next time I would do something different mm. but that's how I navigate and let me tell you you know 10 years ago when I was you know still working at Google and like this didn't exist I had that dream I was like can I just put my ingredients into Google and it will tell me what I can make with that set of things <laughs> I love it. It, it like it's magic like it is it ha you can do this today so <laughs> do not be shy like yeah. do not let you know fear hold you back like there are people doing this trying it you know getting reviews like you can navigate this and you can you know 
substitute mm -hmm. anything for anything these days yep. it's a mer it's miraculous I know, and it's very cool isn't it and and i tend to document some of my experiments on my instagram um nice so yeah there's some resources there uh, but yeah in terms of yeah. a, like a as they call it now a vegan bowl well it's you can obviously google that but in my sort of good little little phrase that i have in my mind is that you have a green a grain and a bean and Ooh. so if you pick a leafy green um mm -hmm. and uh, that would be like your bed and then you would put a whole grain on on top of that which would be rice mm -hmm. or quinoa is quinoa is the bomb that that stuff is full of like all essential amino acids that our bodies can't produce itself um oh, neat and then you choose a bean and went but bean is sort of a loose term really in this context for like a lentil or a chickpea uh -huh. or you know a pea or a green bean or just to, just to sort of nice. get some some sort of bean in there and then you mm -hmm. just fill it out with whatever fruit and veg you have around and mm -hmm. there are a number of um good resources out there now for keeping track of this stuff if you're kind of struggling to oh. to think have i had enough of this or that or the other and um dr michael grieger um he has a mm -hmm. a, a site called nutritionfacts.org and mm -hmm. he also has a, an app that's called the daily dozen and when yes. i was transitioning a few years back to, to more more whole food plant-based i used that a lot because it has a little checklist that you can sort of say, okay, have I had two serves of beans? Have I had five serves of other nice. vegetables? Have I had my vitamin D today? You know, actually, I'll just quickly talk about supplements because the thinking behind it is exactly as you pointed out that our soils are so depleted now that it, mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a a plant eater or or omnivore, it it's not mm -hmm. a bad idea to have at least a B b12 supplement and a d mm -hmm. and the yep. reason being that vitamin d is not technically a vitamin um, it's generated by our own body um, and oh, we yeah. need to absorb sunlight to do it but often these days we don't get anywhere near enough outdoor time to facilitate that process so taking yes. vitamin d yes. is advisable and higher doses than we think as well so it's good to you know do a bit of research around that um, mm -hmm. Or ask your doctor. Yeah. I have to say, my doctor gave me really good advice on yeah, exactly. both topics. Mm -hmm. And the B vitamins, um, especially vitamin B12, they're vital for nervous system and brain function. Yes. And because of the soil depletion, um, yeah, the many, many nutrients that plants would naturally be taking up as they grow and thus passing on to us when we eat them, they're, they're not, not there. Mm -hmm. And um, I've got a link for a B12 article that you can i can put in the show notes there so yeah b complex Great. is really a good thing to take as well and there there's debate about omega-3s as well um mm -hmm. but yeah that's might be getting a bit too granular for for this discussion but yeah mm -hmm. back to the piece about responsibility and self-sustainability one of the things that i would recommend is if you can afford it get a full set of bloods blood tests mm -hmm. done go to your doctor and say hey you know i'm wanting to eat plant-based or move towards plant-based eating um could i get full blood tests done 
and can you help me work out what, what I might be missing and um, and I found that really helpful because then I was able to go oh okay look I really do need to you know bump up my magnesium and sort out my omegas <laughs> excuse me and yeah my doctor was really helpful in that regard um, yeah and that's just all about sustainable sustainably doing what's right for your body because what's right for you won't be necessarily right for other people and that's clear when you have different people being allergic to different things and um, needing to bump up you know different foods for different body types and for different levels of activity and yeah Mm -hmm. so that's that part and yeah yeah, basically the, the idea is keep away from refined sugary and processed foods as well if you can and fatty foods and and Mm -hmm. you know so-called quote-unquote vegan foods that are processed are still can be junk food like a vegan donut sure have one if you feel like you're just hanging for a donut go for the vegan one um and remember that that's sort of like in the category of well you know treats or i don't even really like to use that word but but oh oh god that's a constant discussion in my family with a six and a half year old yeah yeah for sure yeah well we were just getting our uh our tips from you on kind of what our bowl should sound like or be composed of it's the green the grain and the bean green grain bean yeah ggb yeah yeah and and yeah there are oodles and oodles of people out there and i mean this is a really good um point that we can just hook into communities like or, or even just follow people on Instagram or just get some food mm-hmm. porn in your feeds so that you can, <laughs> you can, you know, it's like drown out the bad stuff. Put it, if, yeah. if you get inspired by seeing a plate of healthy food, by all means, just load up your feed with that so you can um, yes. get inspo. And I, I often do this around, around dinner time when I'm just really low on like who could be bothered and mm-hmm. thinking, you know, well, start with what you've got in the fridge look at what you've got and go oh that's a beetroot okay well what can i do mm-hmm. with that and then start looking at pictures of beetroots <laughs> what people are doing with it um yeah i get that too i mean i get this kind of creative burst if you will when mm-hmm, i'm mm-hmm. you know getting into like the food hour when i know that i don't have a recipe planned and mm. Even if I wanted to do a very specific recipe these days, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm going to the grocery store and things are not available, right? Mm. Like we are being asked during this COVID time to sometimes pick a replacement item or um, just forego something. And that has, you know, been my call to challenge to be agile and to get flexible and try new things and have fun Mm -hmm. with it. So I find myself looking at those ingredients and I'm like, wow, what could I make? And if I don't have an immediate idea, then yeah, I go searching for ideas. But it's like, you know, yeah, can you make a bowl out of this? You know, can you um, steam up some rice and, you know, throw together the lentils and like some of that ginger and a little bit of this and that, you know? So um, I think, you know, if people are feeling intimidated by food or intimidated by recipe, you know, trying to find new recipes or, you know, experiment, like just, you know, start small and like replace a few things Mm -hmm. that, you know, with like, if you like to, you know, typically make your stir fry with meat 
uh, you know, like pork, well, try some of these like little, you know, pork substitute, you know, meat substitute things and, mm-hmm. you know, just go for it. Um, yep. I guess I'm just a big fan of addressing the fact that today we are being asked to be more flexible mm-hmm. and be more, um, uh, you know, we don't get everything that we want all the time. So that's okay. And that's like the call to adventure on the, yeah. on the food front. Yeah. So, I mean, along with this topic of food and eating and, you know, cooking and trying out new things and replacements and supplements, um, there's something that comes up as well around food, which is a huge source of our CO2, which is food waste. And Mm. I was wondering if we could, you know, just touch on that for a couple minutes in the sense of, I'm really reflecting and being conscientious that food waste. So when we, um, you know, when you chop up your vegetables and uh, you end up, you know, throwing away the greens of the celery, for example, mm-hmm. or, you know, you've got the ends of your onion and, you know, you don't have anything to do with that. Um, you know, there's that kind of food waste. And then there's the food waste where we let stuff sit in our refrigerator and, you know, it's day two, day three, and those leftovers are just, you know, yuck, mm-hmm. and let's throw them out. Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, for that matter, with a young child, um, maybe you find yourself having to throw away half the meal that you created for them because they just didn't eat it all and didn't like it. Um, you know, food waste comes from all sorts of places. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not a small um, thing that, like to tackle, right? So it does take effort. It, t- it takes a lot of paying attention. It takes, you know, checking like what's going to waste soon what's that expiration date and so on and i've got so i've learned so much on this space and would really love to share with our listeners um some you know tips and tricks around this because it is a place where we can have a big impact a big positive impact on uh, co2 Mm. so for example um you know the food waste that you do throw away let's just start there so you're spending your time you definitely have to throw stuff out um whatever you throw out compost it okay so composting has this amazing impact so one um, if you can manage to compost it in your own garden or in your own yard um, that will create very nutritious soil for you Okay, so as it breaks down and it like, you know, all the worms and insects and everything are happy in there, um, they will break it down for you and you will get soil, nutritious soil that you can grow things with uh, from that. Um, If you can't do it in your own backyard, um, your building might like, you know, in Switzerland here, we have this great system where you can compost into a little green bin and you throw it outside of your building and that one gets chucked away and uh, turned into biofuel. So biogas, actually. And so what is that? Well, biogas is methane. And methane is a greenhouse gas. Okay? Methane causes the heating of our atmosphere. So um, when we collect it and capture it and we use it for fuel and then you burn it, that it's you're getting more out of that waste okay you're getting um productivity out of that waste as opposed to sticking it in a landfill where it sits and it the methane just literally leaks and it doesn't get captured and it goes into mm. our atmosphere plain you know just uh free like that 
So we are, so methane is a, um, it's an exponential greenhouse gas and the other greenhouse gases, which um, there are six recognized by the UN, um, UNFCC, and they are um, even more exponentially um, heating. So these things, um, you know, if you break them down, you start to learn about them. Uh, you start to realize that, like, as individuals, we can make choices where we are doing something that is a small change in our kitchen, perhaps. Um, and it actually can either benefit us or it can harm us. And so that's where I really get into um, encouraging people to be thoughtful about that waste, first and foremost. Yep. Yeah. Quick shout out to my friend, Sarah Wilson, who wrote what was uh, the world's first no waste cookbook nice so i'll put link in the show notes for sure for sure um and then the second area i wanted to highlight is this idea of expiration date now mm. yeah uh expiration date is where the consumer um, tends to mm, make the mistake and this is where this is why consumers are a very high um, portion of the food waste problem in mm. in the whole supply cycle supply chain. It's because we, you know, rightly so, should look at those expiration dates and and listen to you know what that is and what it's telling us. But you know, just so you know, in the background, you know, companies and um, food producers, they are required to give an expiration date that means that you will not have any problem like if you eat it within those dates. Okay, so they are protecting themselves. It's a legal protection that they're they're doing by putting that date on there. And when you go past that date, it doesn't necessarily mean the product is bad yet. It just means that it's gone past the legal protection moment, right? Mm. And what we, I really uh, love to kind of clue, clue people into is that you get to make that choice yourself and you get to learn by using your senses whether or not that thing is bad or not. Mm. And that, okay, with meats, you know, this is another reason why I am super happy to be a plant-based eater. And I don't actually bring meat into my home anymore because with meats, you know, that expiration date, like, mm, I'm going to trust it. Like, it's a bit scary to me if I, you know, I'm not a trained chef, so I'm not, I don't know how to sniff out a rotten thing mm. necessarily if it's a meat-based uh, product. Um, with cheese, I'm kind of like, well, I can kind of gauge it. I'm not worried that I'm going to get sick from it, right? Like if it's mm -hmm. gone past that date. Um, eggs are the same for me. I'm pretty good at like, you know, checking. And you can kind of do some sort of floating test. Have you ever heard mm -hmm, of this? Mm -hmm. Where you put it in water and you can see like if it, I think if it floats, then it's gone off. I think that's uh, maybe how it works. But I'm going to check that and put it in the show notes. So this point um, about checking things, you know, it, it is critical when it comes to these kind of uh, things that do spoil. And then, but with veggies and with grains and stuff, like with grains, you can sniff them and it's really rare when they're off, but mm. you can smell, like you can get sensitivity to smell mm. Um, mm. A, a flower that's maybe gone a little off or a, um, you know, a grain like a buckwheat or something that's gone off. Mm. Um, but with veggies, like it's our eyes, you know, or is there something slimy on it? Like, you know what I mean? And the, 
I mean, I guess I just like, again, I enjoy this space so much that I just make it a game for myself. I'm like, okay, so I have a, I have like a, it's like a video game. I'm not allowed to let anything spoil. So I am going to use it in the order that it needs to be. And I'm checking everything. And I'm like, you know, if anything has a little, like if I lose some berries, for example, I'm like, wah, 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 like super mm. bummed. Oh yeah. You know, that those berries they got turn mold. so fast too, don't they? It, I know, I know. And it's like, they're so beautiful. So I feel so sad, but you know, it happens. Um, but you know, everything else I'm checking and and I'm, you know, planning out the next meal or two in advance and just thinking that through. So, you know, that does take effort. It does take attention. It takes intention. Um, and yet like what you get in return is you, you know, you're genuinely every day, you can actually positively impact the environment. You can not be the problem of this food waste issue. And, mm. you know, you can be on top of your nutrition and, you know, the freshness of your food and enjoying mm. and experimenting and having fun. So that is my little pep talk for the day around um, <laughs> how we can each really have a great impact here and and tackle this like step by step not hard not hard yeah yeah exactly step by step and remembering that you know it's it's not really not about trying to achieve some kind of perfect ideal of you yeah. know a whole food whole wholesome whole everything everything's perfect person it's yeah. really just the everyday decisions that we make moment to moment mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and being able to to tell that we're making a bit of progress as well that's helpful exactly exactly mm. the last thing that is so on my mind is packaging mhm oh i mean yeah yeah packaging packaging plastic everything wrapped what do we do how do we deal with this <laughs> well we write letters to people for number 1 yeah, <laughs> I mean, to the grocery chains. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They they need to know where we actually care about this, right? So, like yeah. speaking up is actually key, for sure. Well, I think you know the COVID thing might be a little spanner in the works there. I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's definitely increasing our packaging and you know mm-hmm. use of plastics and and we were going the other way too. I noticed that that um, some berries appeared. Yeah, not in a plastic punnet at my yes. supermarket, but in a cardboard punnet with mm-hmm. a little bit of plastic over the top. To mm-hmm. me, that's a massive progress because when we, you know, those plastic punnets that we have to buy our berries in, mm-hmm. I've always been thinking, how do we get around this? What do we do? Do we use egg cartons? Do we, you know, what do we yeah, do? You know, it's, exactly. It's a, it's a big one. Yeah, the person I mean, who solves that will be worthy yeah, of Nobel a Prize, winner, prize of right? some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I grew up in Washington State in the U.S. where berries are a thing i mean you go berry picking you can like pick them yourself so you pick is mm. what we used to call them and we'd like drive around the countryside and like stop and like get our well, that's blueberries where you, that's where and... you weigh the kid isn't it you weigh the kid when they go in and then you weigh them when they come yeah out exactly <laughs> got, like half of the berries down their t-shirt and totally the stomach oh <laughs> uh, it was just so much fun it was so much joy um i loved those seasons when we could do that mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. The berries are, they're so infindly, they're so sensitive, you know, we're like, how do we, mm. how do we get them, um, you know, into. Our- and there's such a great, um, a big, uh, they're just so packed full of, actually blueberries have a lot of fiber ah. and, and 
they're on the daily dozen checklist to get a, a dose of berries each day and awesome. one way you can do that is frozen as well yeah you know, good to point. go for the frozen berries mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. choose the ones that are in cardboard packs <laughs> for sure yeah exactly yeah yeah and i mean this packaging thing so we are um we are at the whim right of needing to buy food we're not going to all be become farmers um i do encourage everyone to always you know grow something in your home uh or in your windowsill or out on your your um, balcony and i'm doing tomatoes this year so i'm excited about that um so you know but we do need that and um one thing that i've started doing actually started it like two years ago even um was i order a every other week i get a box from the farmer so it happens to be a company called Muller and company and they do a bio box and so i get biological so um food that has been food and veg it's fruit it's um sometimes they put in like tab- uh, shelf stable products like canned or jarred something juices um you know once i got a coconut which i found really hilarious because i'm like okay that's definitely biological but not local um mm, so how far did that travel yeah right um but this is what you know, you can also do, you know, like if you've been on the edge of thinking, okay, I really want to get into the system of using one of these boxes or what have you just like, now's the time, like Mm -hmm. supporting our local farmers and supporting farmers who are doing biodynamic agriculture or just sound agriculture practices, not huge commercial practices which is what we're getting out of the grocery stores yeah and Um, that's the consumer power isn't it to to be voting with your wallet exactly exactly and so like Mm. just stick that into your month right like don't try to overdo it don't think you have to do it all right so i get one every other week uh because i can't use it all in one week right like sometimes i get something that i'm not really familiar with and i'm not really totally ready to experiment with it and i need that time i need that cycle you know Mm. so that's one idea um that might solve one of my issues actually because excuse me the the yeah not wanting to have too much in the fridge yeah. at one time so that it goes to waste is um yeah that's yeah a good one. and it saves a bit of time you know you know if it's coming up you don't have to go grocery shopping like twice that week or something or you know you just mm. you wait it out um and yeah it's like for me it's also kind of fun it's like i never know what i'm gonna get it's mm. uh, it's it's a grab bag, um, and my daughter is always there, like peering into it, like, okay, what did we get this time? And my husband's always excited about the fruits that are coming, um, yeah. and so you know, it's also like kind of a fun family thing. Uh, mm. So that is just you know something that we can all do, and it's simple, and it, it it's also a way for you to get farm food without having to go to the local market and to kind of you know make that time, which maybe you don't have in your day, or if you're working you don't have a Mm. chance to get out to the farmer's market from you know 8 till 11 a.m on wednesday and saturday morning or something um Mm -hmm. which is kind of the schedule we have here in zurich Mm. so yeah and it just it does just reduce the packaging i guess as well right absolutely Um, yeah i tend to in the supermarket if possible not use plastic bags Mm -hmm. to collect onions and things together to weigh them i'm uh-huh. the one that walks up to the weigher with four you know 14 <laughs> onions An that armful. are rolling all over the 
all over me and the floor. Oh my gosh, but Libby! It, <laughs> still, I'm committed to that because I don't want to. I don't want to be getting any uh, more plastic in my home than I need to. Yeah, I need to buy um, you those little net bags. I have like. Oh, actually, I do have them. I oh, do good. have them, but I don't. I don't remember to take them, and I, you know, there's never enough of them, and it just doesn't work for me. Oh. That system, I'm just. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to work on that, but it's probably more hygienic, maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe we, maybe it's good to have a lot. I mean, obviously, COVID aside, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, yes. COVID time aside, yes. Yeah, all of this is, is under the, the caveat that, that COVID is a bit unusual. Like, for instance, now, if I'm collecting onions in the supermarket, yeah. um, I'm, I'm more cautious about about not letting them roll around everywhere, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. But, but uh, yeah. yeah. But it's... Yeah, I guess maybe maybe... This is the way it is too for a while. Mm -hmm. So uh, we need to find ways to manage that. So yeah, probably it is time for me to get back to my uh, net bags. Yeah. I mean, I had another friend who made a set for me. Uh, Actually, her mother made them and then I got Mm. a set from her. And I just have to say, I mean, it was so special. It was so meaningful that, you know, this is like Mm. a tradition that, you know, she started and her mom started and then she gave them to her daughter and her daughter wanted to share them with me. And I felt like this is so much more meaningful and it's so much more Mm. important than we allow ourselves sometimes to appreciate. So like this is like every time we do this, it matters, right? And Mm. again, it's not a thing that we are going to save the world with, but if we all do it and we all move that direction and we teach our children to do that and we role model for our children, um, then they're going to know it as well. And that is the way mm. that we progress is that, you know, sometimes we, we just need to come back to, you know, that feeling of it being a good thing and it's uh, feeling proud of it. Mm. And knowing that, you know, it does matter and it matters emotionally and it matters actually physically mm-hmm. and, and for our human um, existence as well. Yeah. So food, food has so much <laughs> potential. Um, yeah. It's just such a beautiful topic and I'm looking forward to trying out your vegan bowl formula. Mm-hmm. Um it's the least favorite. So the vegan bowls are the least favorite thing that I cook in my family, but it's my favorite mm. because it's so, it's like every time it's different and I just have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. And that, I think one of the tips that I can just add there is that um, get creative and experimental with dressings and... Um, Ooh, good point. Something like, like tahini, lemon, garlic and maple syrup all together is amazing and Mm. if if you're you know needing to be on a low oil content um diet then just Mm -hmm. don't put olive oil in but if you like a little bit of of that then just add that and yeah 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 also i used cashew butter the other day for Mm. a dressing because i didn't have tahini and that was really different and do a lot with a lot with nuts um, I, I, I yeah. am really kind of hands tied behind my back for that because we have nut allergies in the house. So, nut allergies. Yeah, there are a lot yeah. of things. Uh, one thing that I have have experimented with is uh, hot chocolates using cashew nuts. Um, so instead of 
Yummy. using a milk or anything. You just whiz up boiling water with cashew nuts and some cocoa and, a, you know, um, usually about two or three, Ooh. one or two, I'd say, dates. And the medjool dates are the ones that are oh. really, really luscious, very sort of Sounds moist delish. and delicious. And then you whiz it all up and it's very creamy and thick kind of hot chocolate, very warming mm. for, for winter. Oh, so yummy. And that's how I discovered that I have a cashew allergy. <laughs> Oh, bummer. Oh, but, you didn't have to go to the hospital, no, I hope. Just a mild kind of... Oh, thank goodness. Hives, but that's okay. <laughs> that, that was good to know. Bummer. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, nuts are extremely resource intensive. And they, they also are. have... There's a lot of social um, injustice actually connected to some nut harvesting. That's true. In particular cashews. So, you know, it is, you know, when I buy them, I'm buying, you know, the fair trade, um, you know, small amounts, like enjoying every bit. Um, and something, you know, nut milk is a big deal and it's like this big trend. Mm. And I'm, uh, I, I was drinking, you know, almond milk mm, for a long time. And then I realized, yeah. you know, there's this conversation about harvesting and, you know, yep. over harvesting. You know, is it as bad as palm oil, yeah, yeah. right? The huge water use. And I was like, water use exactly and so i went i said okay i'm switching to oat yep. milk and that's the and lowest so now I have impact, oat milk. Isn't it? yeah and i'd like it it's delicious so you know from time to time i allow myself a nut milk if you know there's nothing else available mm-hmm. or you know whatever if it's some special thing in a recipe that i must have um but it's you know it's definitely um you know a treat and the other thing i want to add for dressings is um avocado based dressings mm. can be so yummy and they you know can be so creamy and i know those avocados get flown around and oh and the impact um, of avocados always... yeah we could go in, into that one too there's a massive yep. ecological impact there as well but but you know mm-hmm. we can't live in fear of everything and Right. It brings to mind this podcast that I listened to with a farmer called Matthew Evans. Mm -hmm. And he's a regenerative farmer is what he calls himself. And he often um, talks about having come from the world of being a journalist into becoming a farmer and all the things he's learned along the way. And that what people don't often realize is that baked into farming as a practice is this idea of death and birth and renewal and it's a it's a full cycle so if we try to get too granular about this idea Mm. of not killing anything in order to provide our um, vegetables or what have you that it just doesn't make any sense because we are sequestering those fruit trees in order that the birds don't get them Mm -hmm. and he says a lot of farming practices involve um, uh, getting rid of pest animals that would otherwise take those vegetables from us and same with pesticides for insects and so on. So in, in other words, it's not, it is not a black and white area at mm-hmm. all. And um, yeah, that's sort of another reason why it's not about trying to do yes. everything right. It's about doing what we can to the, that goes on, you know, to the best of our knowledge. We know that this is a good decision and then we yes. adjust course. If we find out that there's something else that, that there's hidden behind that absolutely so absolutely and let me add to that like something that i um you know have 
seen um, or heard, you know, in a lot of my conversations with people and like coaching conversations or workshop conversations or just general conversations, because I can talk about this stuff all the time um, <laughs> about, you know, where does CO2 come from and why should we, you know, try to change it um, is that we are... Um, you know, we get into, people get into debates and they're like, but what about avocados? But what about this? And I'm like, okay, listen, if you have already cut out all meat from your diet and you are not having any dairy or cheese and you are eating only plants and you're like no longer having potatoes and whatever, like if you are stripping down your life and your, you know, cuisine to something where you've, you've really intentionally and kind of made it work for you and you've done it, you know, for both the environment and for um, the animals and you've done it for your family, you've done it for your health and you've done it for all these great reasons. Um, and then we can talk about avocados. Okay. Mm. Because like we're, you, you, again, you have to look at the scale of the impact, right? Mm -hmm. Like your, you know, uh, my hamburger that I love. Okay. I still eat some meat and I'll eat a hamburger from time to time. Okay. But that hamburger, it, like, I don't know what the number is, but it's way more, it's worth like, you know, probably 50 avocados or something right mm -hmm. in the scale. Okay. And I'm going to verify that and get back to that in the, in the notes. But the fact is, is that we are, you know, let's not, this is not about having a debate. It's not about, not about having a debate with other people or ourselves for that matter, right? This is about saying, okay, you know, what is going to work for me? How can I scale back some of these really unsustainable things and um, pick better um, products for myself, pick better products for my health, um, pick better products for the environment and for the animals and do it bit by bit and make progress. And, you know, by within, you know, three to six months, like your body has adapted and you are feeling healthier and you're eating better and you're eating different. And that is what we're encouraging here. We're not trying to have a big debate about what is better. It, there's no such thing as a or B is better, right? Mm. It's all in a, a whole context of how it's being used and, and what else is going on. So focus on yourself, focus on yourself first. Like if you find something works really well for you, share that with your friend. We learn and we cho make choices based on word of mouth. Mm. So, you know, if we care about sustainability, then we should be sharing and sharing our successes and our excitement and our um, wins with others because they'll see that energy and they'll want to come along, mm. you know? And that is where we go. That is how we get on, on a sustainable path together is through that encouragement and that experimentation and that progress. And it's not about fighting. And it's not about pushing each other and trying to be right here because, as you said, like, there's some damage somewhere along the way and um we can't do it perfectly no amen <laughs> <laughs> so i think we're wrapping up again another Ooh. episode yeah it's been such a joy a talking great... to you renee <laughs> yeah and i've learned a lot from you today libby so thank you for being that um beam oh, of wisdom for us so next time habits and changing habits maybe we could dive into that yes let's flexing. do that flexing flexing to what you have flexing to your opportunities <clears throat> yeah setting yourself up for success i think we've got a lot to say on that topic oh yeah good yep good well then looking forward yeah till next time till next time thanks for listening mm -hmm.
Thanks for joining us. Links are in the show notes. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with your family and friends. We can all do this sustainable life thing together. And don't forget, we have a mailbag and would love to hear from you. Let us know what your challenges are and what's been helpful. Email us at sustainablemailbag at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.